0: Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business podcast from the Business in Vancouver newsroom, our newspaper, and BIV.com. I'm Kirk Lapointe, Editor-in-Chief. Next week, Vancouver plays host to an annual conference that, apart from our news organization, gets considerably less attention than I think it deserves. It's called Roundup. It attracts mining and exploration executives and innovators from near and far, and You know, for some strange reason, we seem to live in some denial about mining in Vancouver, perhaps cultivated by our political discourse. But it is a significant contributor to our economy, including our city's corporate structure. Those head offices downtown are not there for craft breweries and coffee makers. I want to take a slightly deep dive into the conference with the head of the organization that will run it, Edie Thomas, the head of the Association for Mineral Exploration, British Columbia. She's the president and CEO. We haven't met, but I'm glad to finally do so. Good to have you on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah,
1: thank you so much. Lovely to be with you this morning.
0: Listen, um, uh, I'm going to start you off with a test. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you you can just rattle us <laughs> off here. Statistics, please. Extent of the industry. How many how many employees? Its footprints and anything. Just start us off with some stats.
1: Sure. Actually, I'm new to the industry. I've been uh, in the position for about a year and a half, and I was actually surprised to find um, <clears throat> some stats around the industry. In, in Vancouver specifically, there's um, over 800 exploration companies just in the downtown core um, yeah. making this a uh, center of excellence, actually, worldwide. And so, um, a, you know, a long history here, uh, both of the industry but of the association, We've been in place since 1912, and um, so really a long legacy of excellence and um, and recognized worldwide as being a center of excellence. So yeah. really something for us to be proud of um, as Vancouverites, but British Columbians as well. I mean,
0: you, you say that um, you were even surprised at the extent of all of it, right? I was
1: I was surprised because I actually hadn't heard anything of the industry necessarily. I mean, I knew the importance of mining to our um mm to our provincial economy, but I didn't really appreciate that we had the center of excellence here. And so the, it's been just wonderful to learn about um, the skills and talents and expertise that we have right here in this Vancouver core. And in fact, we have three times the number of exploration companies in Vancouver that we do in Toronto, for example, Um, companies that are doing work both in British Columbia, but worldwide. Uh,
0: Have you formed any reason yet on why we don't, talk mining day after day after day after day in the city.
1: Well, it's interesting you know um, I, it was one of the things that we we've reached out to um, the city of Vancouver and and had um, a nice response from Kennedy Stewart who's who's given us a welcome letter, but I've always I'm you know we still haven't kind of cracked that about how we um, support one another and and talk about the value of the industry just locally to Vancouver. The Roundup conference welcomes about sixty five hundred delegates from about forty five countries this year, um, uh, folks uh, from indigenous communities all over British Columbia, Northwest Territories, Yukon as well. So we've got um, just with that conference in four days alone, we're adding eight million dollars to the local economy here. But across the province, just the exploration that goes on in, in British Columbia, you know, has ranged from the $600 million range to 200 and some odd million dollars over the years. So there's a, a benefit, a direct and local benefit um, yeah. all across the province for the industry. But, the, I, I, you know, your question about why we don't talk about it more is that, you know, there's, there's also maybe a perception that mining and mineral exploration is a sunset industry. which couldn't be further from the truth going forward into this clean energy future.
0: No, no. I mean, and and I think that that's obviously what, what Roundup talks about, which is, you know, the, the innovation in the sector, uh, the enormous amount of technology. I mean, mining is now a tech story more than anything else as much as an extraction story.
1: Absolutely. Um, Last year we introduced an innovation stage and um, showcasing BC-based and born um, companies, including Fingerfood, who won your exporter of the year in 2017, yes. which I was glad to see. Um, but really it is becoming a super high-tech industry for, for lots of reasons and not the least of which is it's re- helping reduce the impact on the land. Yeah. Um, it's, it's also though with the data that we're getting from technology, it helps us understand um, data better and it helps us make better risk decisions. And one of the places where innovation is really happening is in this virtual reality, augmented reality space where um, even folks that aren't technical can start to understand and see and visualize the impacts and then talk about the value and benefit and make a more informed decision, really. And I think one of the challenges we're, we're facing just is how do we come to collective decisions and understand Um, all of the data in front of us. So that's where technology, I think really has a huge opportunity for us in the industry.
0: Is is it therefore starting to attract, or has it been attracting um, a lot of young people to it? I mean, again, I think one of the old perceptions would probably be that it is more of a, you know, a a traditional uh, conservative industry that, that attracts older leaders.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, 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 a challenge, I think, to draw people into the natural resource sector um, and we're competing with, um, you know, uh, uh, different values in in the younger workforce. But um, one of the things I think that we, we need to do as an association a better job of is actually, you know, not talking to the people that are already uh, understanding our industry but going out beyond that. So mm-hmm. this year we're introducing a mentorship program that does exactly that. Um, it brings uh, folks that are experienced together with students and helps them um, uh, get interest in, in the industry and stay in the industry. The other the other thing that's really encouraging this year is that um, Tall 10, uh, along with CASCA and Clickit have come together, uh, those three nations, and they're bringing 50 youth to the Roundup Conference. So there's some good things happening on that front, but we really need to be committed to um, talking to those audiences, maybe that uh, don't know the value and the excitement and the innovation uh, and the opportunities in this industry. Yeah, uh,
0: we've we talk quite regularly on our podcast to Brian Cox, who's the head of the Mining Association in British Columbia. But his predecessor was a woman. You're you're you know the head of a a large association for mineral exploration. I want to can you talk to me a little bit about how women are gradually making their way into this industry at a board level at an executive level.
1: Sure, um, I'm the so um, I'm the first woman president of this association, and um, I my name is is uh, spelled E D I E, but frequently I get called Eddie. So uh. <laughs> when I was the appointment happened, and I went out across the province to meet some of our 5,000 members that are spread all across the province. Um, uh, you know, some folks hadn't hadn't had any um pictures or anything and when I met them they were a bit surprised because they thought I was where, Where's Eddie? Eddie? Yeah, where where
0: <laughs> is is Eddie coming in? Like, no, yeah, where's yeah, Eddie? Yeah. Great. so yeah. Um,
1: so that was a bit surprising to me that there was um, sometimes a reaction of saying like, oh gosh, that little bit of disappointment that maybe I mm. wasn't um a man or a geologist or an engineer. And yeah. so I, I think that there's a few things we've been trying to break down as far as the diversity goes. And and diversity, we talked earlier about age, um, about having Indigenous voices, having uh, regional representation, as well as our Vancouver voices, um, and and then a man-woman split. So we actually have, have set some targets for ourselves at the association this year, and, and we announced uh, earlier in the week that our 2019 board uh, has... Uh, actual uh split of 12 women and and 13 men so we have a nice. total of 25 on our board mm-hmm. we have three indigenous voices um eight regional representatives and then 28% of our 2019 board is under 45 years of age
0: wow okay so, well that's you you've you've uh, done well
1: well i think that you know we have to lead by example and i and and we have to um again though i you know i want to be clear that those folks aren't on the board because they're uh, a woman <laughs> or they're from a region. They're, they're on the board based on skill set that we needed. And then it was actually very easy to, to reach out and find folks that had those uh, competencies, uh, but also had a regional voice or uh, were a leader of an Indigenous community. So we have a tremendous amount of talent here. We just have to um, set ourselves up to um, to open the door, I think.
0: Yeah, it, it, um, it reminds me, you know, last evening we did our 40 under 40 event here, uh, for BIV and, and I was one of the judges this year and, and I found that we had a disproportionate number of, uh, women who were nominated, um, not winners, mm-hmm. but nominated. And what that suggested to me was that, um, you know, the women weren't raising their hands to, to get mm-hmm. into this group. Is it a little bit like this? in mining where where to get board representation that you're not getting a kind of a, that you actually have to be quite active in recruiting people to boards.
1: I I think we still do in this industry. Mm. Um, And, and I, I normally in my career previous to this, I I haven't been one to sort of join the the women's network and, and um, be on stage talking about being a woman. I, I think probably there's things to talk about, but um i i've always maybe taken a little personal approach that i didn't really want to talk about being a woman but it is still a little bit of a requirement i think in in this industry where we have to be uh conscious of it so mm-hmm. you know again we need to have competent people we need to give um people confidence to to raise their hand um and you know we can do that from a leadership perspective by making sure that on our panels we have um, a, a representation of our population. Um, you know, the a few other places that, that when we talk about diversity that have been interesting this year is that we, we just completed our report from the mining jobs task force. And I think there was a real conscious leadership effort from uh, Minister Mongal actually on the participants in that uh, task force as well, because there are labor leaders, there's uh, educators, there's NGOs, there's uh, industry, uh, First Nations voices, and a mixture of men and women. So for the first time, I think, in my experience anyways, in these type of task force, the the goal was um, to get all the voices around the table together and have everybody come from a, a common fact base to solve a problem together. And I, I'm really thrilled about the report, which is going to be a rem- uh, at least I'm hoping, um, you know, shortly in the next sort of month or so. Um, and I think that, 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 that process of having that, um, group together really produced actually a, a better result.
0: Yeah. I, I don't want to let our conversation go by without, uh, going back to a little bit of what you discussed a, a couple of minutes ago involving our indigenous, uh, communities and, and um and the conversations that are necessary as we develop resources in this province and how have you um what kind of tone have you wanted to set for these discussions and and uh, and what is it that you're you're trying to seek ultimately do you think
1: well i think we we always have to be respectful we always have to start from a place of respect and um and understanding and listening and um my experience has been that um you know we have to seek to to understand one another um, before we have a problem in front of us, and so relationship building is critically important. Um, we've set some goals at the Association on Reconciliation or working towards setting some goals for ourselves at reconciliation the um, at, at Roundup last year, we had our very first um, new event called the Reconciliation Breakfast. We had a um, hundred Participants uh, or audience members show up uh, to talk with myself and Chief Dr. Robert Joseph from Reconciliation Canada and Karen yes. Joseph, who's the CEO there. Mm-hmm. And um, so so first year of the event, um, you know, it was a new uh, uh, topic at Roundup we were surprised that we sold out the tickets. Um, this year we're going to do a, a second event and um, we put 200 tickets out and they're sold out as well. Huh. So I think there's a desire to have conversation, people to want to understand and work together um, and not because they have to, but because they know it's the, it's, it's the appropriate thing to do. So we have to enable those conversations.
0: Yeah. What, what questions are you getting from within the industry about um yeah, about the approaches, about this—not you know, just reconciliation, but the ongoing operations that are bound to ensue from reconciliation.
1: Yeah, I think that that um, you know they're really and and a, and a topic, I guess, that we're struggling with in general in natural resource um, decisions these days is how do we get to decision? How do we ensure certainty? Um, what is the governance? Who do I talk to? How do I make that happen? Um, and and I think that, you know, again, going back to the kind of value or principle of respect is that uh, every nation and community is different and you have to understand that and you have to understand the protocol. And you also have to understand that in some cases, um, you know, that necessarily isn't sorted out already yet because the application of our projects or our view on what we want to do into that governance sometimes isn't. Completely linear. It isn't a, a direct that yes. Here's how we make a decision on that. Sometimes it needs to be kind of um, formed in right. the community in in uh, as a result of some or, new decision needing to be made. Or right? last or
0: last time we did it this way, so therefore we're going to do it this way again. That right. is, yeah, that isn't the way it goes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's why again, you know, going back to this technology, these virtual reality and augmented reality solutions, where you can take really complicated data sets and put them into a visual format and 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 somebody that's non technical like me can actually understand it and can can then take a look and say, okay, am I really okay if, if I'm gonna build something here and it I think it's gonna look like a bread box but actually looks like a bus. Am I really okay with that? My I, I can set my expectations. I understand uh, what I what the impact's gonna be and then I can make my own value decision. But until we can get to that point where we can really share um, the The data in a way that we know we're all coming from a common set of facts um, it's hard to get it's hard to get certainty in those decisions
0: yeah I, and we um we started our conversation by by talking about how mining is really a, a technology industry and it's making its contribution of course in this area and I, I want want to have a a bit of a sense from you about your own vision of um, of how British Columbian mining in particular, but I guess mining overall, uh, is, is going to make this, uh, significant contribution into, um, the technologies that are, that are actually green by nature. Um, it, it's again, uh, I think for some people on the outside of the industry, it, it seems like a bit incongruent. And yet, you know, I've had it explained to me many times and it makes total sense.
1: Um, well, I think there's, there's sort of, Two sides to this. Um, the innovation of the technology that helps us understand where the deposits are, um, and get to that solution faster, yeah. to um, share information, to make decisions. Uh, there's, you know, that technology is just happening fast and furious. And I think the benefit of that is that it reduces the impact on the land.
0: Sure.
1: Um, it shortens time to get to production I mean there's just a whole bunch of, of benefits it provides uh, certainty in decisions or confidence in decisions um, the the value of then the product though and the requirement for those products going into our clean energy future is something that I think hasn't quite Landed yet again with the public of that connection of of the requirement for those things and actually the pride that we should have in our expertise in our geology here in British Columbia that can contribute to that and and so you know again trying to get out to audiences that um, that don't that don't even know maybe we're here or understand that connection in a way that actually. Um, matters to them. And, and so we're still trying to get underneath that. And I think once we can do that, um, all of those other things start to become easier, right? We start attracting younger people, we, we start to reinvigorate things, and we, and we get, um, a, again, a better sense when we've got approval for a project that, that we're proud of that.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the, uh, the batteries for electric vehicles are not going to grow on trees from what I understand. So, uh, you know, we're going <laughs> to need not. that. Yeah. Um, last, last bit, uh, it's a cyclical business and, uh, everyone knows, you know, some, some, uh, years things are up and some years they're down. Um, how, how do you have your own mechanisms of, of almost coping with this? because uh, you, you're, you're going to, run in at some point to uh to a difficult market and and uh for for some commodities how how do you how do you manage that as a as a, an industry leader
1: it's it's a it's a really interesting question and one of the things that just to to bring it kind of right home here for our association at roundup is we can actually track the gold prices and we can track our attendance at roundup almost matches that curve exactly <laughs> um, yeah. so so our revenue for the association comes through roundup, so that which which scared me a little bit to think that we were at the mercy of kind of gold prices um and I think that you know what we've seen is this when when the cycle is high, then everybody rushes and we try to you know do as much work as we can, and then the prices drop off and we and we kind of um try to stay alive and keep blood flowing during that time. So I think there's some opportunities to fill in those troughs with a few things. And AME is um, for, uh, you know, an, a number of years been working on tax incentives um, and other opportunities like uh, making sure that we've got uh, resourcing at the energy and Mines ministry, other things that we can do to kind of make sure that um, that in the tough times, we can still keep uh, attracting the investment dollars to British Columbia versus other provinces and other countries. But even now we're competing with other other commodities and other short-term investment opportunities like cannabis and cryptocurrency and other things. So so we have to have the mechanisms in place. We have to have um, everybody singing from the same song sheet, again, a pride in the industry, understanding of the industry, um, and then, you know, I think some of those things start to buffer the 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 troughs. Um, but we also have to prepare for them, right? So we have to just prepare that those that those downturns are going to um, are going to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, all the mining executives I've met over the years just seem to have a kind of a. a, a... A, a, almost a bizarre resilience it's just it it's, it's like an it's like an it's like a, an out-of-body experience they appear to have all the time
1: they're incredibly hardy. yeah indeed, exactly
0: yeah. Edie, it's been lovely talking to you and uh, best wishes with roundup next week and uh, uh you know we'll uh we'll check back in from time to time i hope
1: absolutely i'd love to do that thank you so much
0: Edie tom is the president and ceo of the association for mineral exploration british columbia that's BIB today. For today, I'm Kirk Lapointe. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you next time.